Hi, I'm Caitlin. Hi, I'm Rebecca. We're not from Memphis, but we love it. Welcome to Memphis Type History, the podcast. Good morning, Caitlin. Good evening, Rebecca. <laughs> Had to think. <laughs> one day one day you'll get really good at it. And then we'll move. And you'll move. I'll be okay with that. Although I want to see you before you move. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about something that we relate to because we're women. <laughs> Kaylin, Kaylin, you uh, thought it would be a cool idea to do a theme podcast episode, and what are you calling it? Ladies' night. Ladies' night. And guess what, guys? You're getting a two-for-one special tonight, even if you're not a lady listener, because we have two stories, thus the title, Ladies. Yes. (laughs) We each picked a lady. One One podcast, two stories. (laughs) Yes. We each picked a lady that we wanted to dig into. A little into and the history of and learn about. And uh, Caitlin, if you don't mind, I'm going to start. Sure. Okay. You know who I picked, but uh, let's pretend it's I a actually surprise. I have forgotten. Oh, good. Because I mentioned her name <laughs> not that long ago. I thought. I know, but I just, yeah. Okay. Everything. Everything like, you say, everything I say, it, you forget. Yeah. It flies away when I, when it's not necessary for my <laughs> podcast choices. <laughs> okay. Does it, I hope that doesn't mean you disapprove of my choice. No, I did not. I know we don't have the same lady. Okay. I want to play a game called, uh, do you remember a TV show? Name that tune. I don't, I don't remember the theme song. That's not a show I actually ever watched, but I know the premise of it. Okay. And I think I've seen it parodied in various places, but I don't think I've actually watched the real show before. Name that tune. This one was an oldie. There was a pianist there on the stage, and you had your contestants, and the host would give a clue. And if I'm remembering this right, I should have refreshed my memory on it. That's okay. Take it and make it your own. Okay, yeah. And all of this will probably get cut out of the episode, so I'm just refreshing. (laughs) I'm just explaining what this show is because I liked it. And the host would give a tune, and somebody would hit the buzzer and say, I can name that tune in six notes. And then like, can anyone beat that? And then somebody else would say, or I can name that tune in four notes. I think it was just against two people. And so you try to get think about how many notes you needed to know what the song was. And then the pianist would play up to however many notes that person could guess. And then you had to guess it. Anyway, okay, let's start this podcast. Yeah. All right, Kayla, we're going <laughs> to play a game called Name That Tune. Okay. And I don't have a keyboard with me or a piano or a pianist. So this first name that tune. Uh, Are you humming them or something? No, I'm not even going to hum it. So okay. I'm totally not playing the right way. I'm going to let this one slide. I'm going to make this easy for you. I'm just going to recite a po- portion of the song. And all you have to do is tell me what the name of the song is or who sang it. And I'll give you big praises if you can do both. Okay. All right. Gee whiz, look at his eyes. Gee whiz, how they hypnotize. He's got everything a girl could want. Man, oh man, what a prize. I have no idea. Just take a guess. You want me to start it again? I mean, I, gee whiz, I, look I at his no eyes. Idea. Gee whiz, I would need to hear. <laughs> how they hypnotize. Any guesses? Gee whiz. 
No, I really don't know. I'm sorry. You're looking at me like the G-Wiz should really tell uh, G-Wiz, me something. G-Wiz, that's it. That I... Caitlin, you got it. Oh, ding, 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 oh, ding, ding. nice, nice. Oh, great, great, great. <laughs> and I knew it. I knew it from the beginning. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to drag this out, make it more fun, <laughs> give the people at home time to guess. Yes. Uh, G-Wiz was the name of that song by Carla Thomas. And there's a connection here to the person that I'm about to talk about with Carla right. Thomas. The person I'm going to tell you a little history on is a woman by the name of Estelle Axton. Estelle. Estelle Axton. She lived 84 years, which is a good life. Uh, she died in February 2004. It doesn't feel that long ago, but I guess it was a little long ago. So Estelle, she grew up on a farm in Middleton, Tennessee, uh, but moved to Memphis when she was 16 to train as a teacher. She studied at Memphis State University, and that's where she met her husband, Everett Axton. So mm-hmm. Axton is her married name. In 1958, she was working at a bank when her brother, Jim Stewart, asked her for help to develop satellite records. Are you familiar with satellite records? Yes. Oh, very nice. Uh, <laughs> is this because you wrote about it or anything? Yeah, just okay. a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In a book called Memphis Type History. Yeah. Signs and Stories one. from Around the Corner. I recommend you check it out. Just Around the Corner. <laughs> what did I say? From Just Around the Corner? You said From Around the Corner. From Just from, Around the Corner. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. One of these days I'll get the book the name right. of your book eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So her brother comes around. She's working at a bank. He says, hey, will you help me out? I really want to open up a a recording studio, and she convinced her husband to remortgage her house so she could help her brother out. Wow. I think it was, um, I didn't write it down, but maybe like $2,500 to help. I don't know if, it, if that's the amount that purchased this Ampex 350 mono console tape recorder. Obviously, I read that because I couldn't, I don't know what that is. But um, it was a big deal that she invested in that. And that helped really boost Satellite Records. So the song Gee Whiz was their first big hit. But now we're going to play another game of Name That Tune. Okay. I was so good the first time. I know I'm going to kill it this time. (laughs) Yeah. I like to give chances, Caitlin. So this time, though, we are going to play it closer to what the actual original game was like. And I explained it to you earlier. So do you remember... Like I yes okay so the hint is this is an inter- instrumental song that's your hint how many tunes how many notes <laughs> Just is a bad clue I'm sorry wait so okay, they wait, made wait. a song with no words instrumental yeah you know it's instrumental uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, I don't know how many notes I need I'm not sure it's very recognizable it's an oldie it's an oldie but a goodie that's your twelve clue. that's a lot of notes. What, but the contestants on the show do six, and I'm sure they practiced. No, no, no. We're going to give you six, okay? <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> you said six. Why give me a choice at all? <laughs> no, I took your choice from you. Because I know you'll get this one. I'm actually going to play it for you. Ready? Yeah. All right. You said six notes? Yeah. Okay. Walking the dog. Walking the dog? Yeah. That has lyrics to it. But that's this music to it. What you just played me. So your hints 
car. Your terrible hints were, <laughs> please. What hints? You didn't give me any hints. You're right. That Those are very terrible hints. Walking the dog is an oldie but a goodie. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. This is called Last Night from the Marquis. Oh, but it sounds so much like walking the yes. dog. I will give you some credit there, Kaylin. In fact, I'll give you a half point for that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so. I'm angry this about this. Go, move on. Just move on. No more guests. Sorry. I've ruined your, your morning, haven't I? Uh, it's okay. You get one more chance. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Marquis last night was the first single to be nationally distributed on the satellite label. And this is the reason why satellite had to change their name. And because it turns out that there was already a Los Angeles label who owned the title satellite. And so Jimmy and Estelle had to change the name. Would you like to tell our audience what they changed it to? Yes, they changed it to Stacks, which is a combination of their first, the first two letters of their last names. That's and right. And now it's just a famous thing. It is. So it was a perfect name. So just a little bit about Stacks and how that came to be. Um, so Estelle and Jimmy moved their studio to a former movie theater on Macklemore Avenue. And here's a fun fact. The floor slant, obviously because it was a theater, it helped deaden the sound and ultimately became a signature part of the Stacks sound that we're familiar with. I learned so much about between this and between Stacks and um, like Sam Phillips recording studio about how much the f actual physical build of the studio creates like that's a, some type of signature sound. It's just really interesting. So like artists will go record to get something specific. Yes. Yeah. So cool. And it just turned out that I no idea. it was because of a budget thing. Like they just, yeah, they, the theater is what they could get and the sound worked for them. And now Axton, Estelle Axton, also turned the concession stand into the satellite record shop. So it was kind of cute that she kept satellite in there. And she did that to help pay the oh, rent. Yeah. And it gave her insight into what records would sell and why. So she got a good ear for that. So, Kaylin, it's time for her Name That Tune. <laughs> what? <laughs> did we just learn from this? that? No, this is another <laughs> lyrics one. Okay. Okay. Um, this one is the studio's first signal at the new location at that theater. Okay. All right. I'm going to name you the lyrics, and you get to tell me either a title or singer. Okay. And I'll give you a hint on this one. It's a duet. I done take very best girl of mine. Yeah. Gonna straighten up, baby. Stop. That cheating and lying. The way you lied about me, you lied about Louise, too. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. I have no idea, but I'm guessing <laughs> Carla Thomas and her dad. Carla and Rufus Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> because I know I know they did a single together and that like put the stacks on the map and I mean did a single, a duet, whatever. Actually yeah. both ways work and that like put stacks on the map. But I Yeah, don't that know was their song. first single was where yeah. stacks were at that at that location. Good job, Caitlin. It's called Cause I Love You. Yeah, go me. Cause I love you, Caitlin. Oh, thanks. That's why. So, Axton was the founder of Memphis Songwriters Association. This is a little afterwards, uh, in 1973. And that was to foster the education and advancement of local songwriters. And another tidbit on Estelle 
is she also went on to work with the Music Industries of Memphis, later named the Memphis Music Association, to assist in the development of Memphis music as a global force once again. I like it. So that's Estelle Axton. Cool. Yeah. Big in the music industry. And we have her and her brother to thank for Stacks. Yeah, that's awesome. And that music history. Well, my person is absolutely nothing like Estelle. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Uh, Because we're going to go to the Wild West a little bit. What? Yeah. In Memphis? Yeah. The Wild West came to Memphis? Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, Memphis went to the Wild West. Okay. Really. Okay. I'm going to tell you about Evelyn Estes. Nice. Okay. So I learned about this lady of history, lady of Memphis history, mm-hmm. when we did our Elmwood episode. So, oh. yeah. So if someone hasn't listened to that, go back and listen to it because Evelyn is actually buried there and you can learn all about Elmwood. Um, so, but I saved her for Ladies' Night. I didn't talk about her on the Elmwood episode because I just think the story is everything we love. It's got Memphis, it's got an inspirational woman, an iconic sign, and of course, the Wild West. As what? I you got all that bundled up with one woman? All of those bundled up in one woman. <laughs> and you're not going to believe the iconic sign part. I can't. It's just <gasps> is it too the good. dancing just, lady? No it's, no. no, it's not, but it's a jackpot. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a okay. jackpot. Okay. So Evelyn Estes was called the Calamity Jane's Little Sister, was her nickname, uh, by Memphians. And this is because she was uh, 21 in 1927, and that is when she left Memphis to realize her dream of seeing the Pacific Ocean. Oh, okay. Big dream. She rode away on her horse, which her mother helped her to buy, and she took her dog Kip, and they just went with barely anything to Arkansas. Wow. Yeah. I think her mom is also a really cool, like, ladies' night person because her mom helped her make this journey at such a young age. Yeah. And, and like, a solo journey at such a young age by giving her money um, as she went along, like, wiring her money. She helped her plan. And, like I said, she helped get that horse. So Evelyn's journey is going to take her from across Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, and California. Wow. All this on a horse? Yeah. And keep in mind that there are only like two lane dirt roads at this time. So not only on a horse, but also just on dirt roads with no highways, no markers really at all. Just your map. Wow. Yeah. It's an adventure. Yeah. It's so cool. And she saw so many cool things. She kept a journal. Um, and it records her journey, especially things she saw in nature. I mean, I guess she really wanted to see the ocean, so I can imagine she's very into nature. Um, she saw things like the Aurora Borealis, stuff like that. Oh. Yeah, it's so cool. And just a side note, her journal is actually in the, um, which library is it? Her actual journal? Yeah. Do you know the name of it? I think it's just... Evelyn Estes journal. I may try to go look at it next time I'm there. Yeah. I'd like to see it and read it. Um, yeah, pretty cool. So uh, the Reed Pennsylvania Times published on June 3rd, 1927, the following summary of Evelyn's trip. And I really liked it because it's just, you know, old newspaper talk. <laughs> With only her horse and her dog for company, Evelyn Estes of Memphis, Tennessee is hitting the old western trails of Buffalo Bill and Calamity Jane. Adventure, her goal. 
She will rule over the great cattle ranges of Idaho and Wyoming and means to stop at the gold camp at Weepaw, too. (laughs) Uh, Evelyn enjoys swimming, riding, and hunting and doesn't dance, play golf, or smoke. (laughs) Oh, those are great qualities. Yeah, such a cool chick. Yeah. All right. It was said that her uh, mother really believed her daughter's personality and love of everything and everyone would win over the hearts of strangers. And they did. So they were all right. She would stay with people along the way. She basically took nothing with her. So she relied on the kindness of strangers to get through the trip. So she would find people that would let her stay and she would help with the chores and listen to their stories. So trusting that day. Yeah, I know. And the host would often write to their friends and family like further down her path to like arrange for them to stay with them. Like she would stay with somebody and then they would connect with somebody else that she could stay with to get her moving along further. Yeah. Aw. Isn't that cool? So is this around the same era as Richard Halliburton? Like everybody wants to be an adventurer kind of thing? I guess so. 1927, yeah. Back in the days of adventure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So here are some high points of her trip. I'm just going to tell you some that I liked. Uh, In Arkansas, near the beginning of her trip, she was taken to meet the governor. Hey. Yeah. And his secretary helped her to get traveler's checks for the rest (laughs) of her trip because she had never heard of them before. (laughs) Isn't it so cute? I just love, like, to just imagine setting out on a journey in 1927 and, like, the general, you know, there's no just, like, information maybe she didn't even know anybody who had ever done anything like this so yeah she learned about traveler's checks yeah so cool um before she set off to the north a stranger in arkansas washed her clothes and gave her some soap to take with her this is like a cartoon (laughs) no (laughs) wait there's more okay she delivered a baby at another home while the woman's husband was out getting help oh and they gave the yeah, and they gave the baby the middle name Estes. I was going to ask if they named the baby after her. Wow, yeah. because this is, are you sure this is factual? Yeah, this is factual. Her diary's in the Memphis room. I now know. I found it in my notes. Okay. Yeah, this is true. Okay. I also found really interesting how she has these run-ins with pioneer life. It's like kind of um, Oregon Trail feel feeling. <laughs> um <laughs> So she met an actual pioneer in Kansas whose mother and brother had been killed by Indians and who had lived there since 1850. Oh. Yeah. She used some of the 49ers old trails to navigate through. Uh, She used bits of the Pony Express (laughs) and, as I said, the Oregon Trail. Some of those dirt roads. All right. (laughs) She even did camp out in an abandoned wagon at one point, like one of those, I guess like a pioneer wagon. She met President Calvin Coolidge in the Black Hills of South Dakota, where he was on vacation. (laughs) Yeah. And she was really unimpressed. She's like, he looks like everybody else. Oh, (laughs) I guess because you didn't see what people look like often. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess you just see radio. Yeah. Mostly, I guess. Um, So I guess they they had photos, but still, like, everyone's not smiling and yeah. Yeah. Right? People still don't smile back then. And it's I like, don't know. Yeah. But newsprint. But yeah, I thought that was funny. She's like, oh, he looks like everybody else. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> President. In South Dakota, she also learned that they didn't like Calamity Jane. So she dropped that Memphis nickname and stopped using it. Um, and so I wanted to know why. Because I was like, what? Calamity Jane? People don't like her? Um, and so I found out. This is a sidebar. Ladies Night sidebar. Um 
that Calamity Jane was well known for being very kind, being a good shot, capable of drinking a lot of whiskey and cross-dressing. She was orphaned at 12, and so she got real scrappy, and she would make a living putting on a man's persona so that she could work. Really? Yeah. Um, in 1875, she went to Deadwood in South Dakota, and that's where she met Wild Bill Hickok and started performing in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show in 1895. And that's how she gained her legendary reputation. She's done a lot. Yeah, she lived real hard, and that caused her early demise in 1903 at the age of 51. Um, but yeah, a lot of her life is just a mix of legend, um, rumor, myth, tall tales, showmanship, and somewhere in there, there's some truth. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> but apparently people in South Dakota didn't like her, so. Oh. So, uh, so she had to change it? Uh, yeah, Evelyn was Calamity Jane's little sister no more. Oh. All right, so back to Evelyn, who is now writing through Wyoming. Okay. Back to reality. Yeah, and I don't know. After, like, all these things that happened, all these, like, people in life and history she ran into, I sort of started thinking about, like, Forrest Gump. And how he just stumbles into historic moments. Yeah. So here's what I'm wondering. Was it not just a novel like Forrest Gump? And then everyone thought it was real, but no, it was it's real. Just really, it's just buried in Elmwood. <laughs> what if she was part of this Buffalo Bill type tall tales? All right. You're not going to believe this next part. Because then, it's not real. Skeptical. <laughs> I am skeptical. <laughs> So Evelyn saw a mail plane, like postal plane, uh-huh. and that was really rare. So she was interested in looking at it. So she became a pilot. <laughs> Guess who was on this mail, happened to be on this mail plane? Um, is it? You won't guess. Oh, I'll okay. just tell you. Stephen. Uh, Christopher. St- <laughs> Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. Oh, that's, oh, that's who, Babe Ruth. Yeah. What? <laughs> so she met them and wrote about them in her journal. Ah. Uh... <laughs> All right, here we go for more. Or there was a, the world was a much less populated place than it is now. Sure, if that's, sure. Okay. (laughs) Um, In New Mexico, which ended up being her favorite state on the journey, uh, she spent time on some Indian reservations. And then in the Grand Canyon of Arizona, a car hit her. What? Was it Thelma and Lu- Oh, wait, no, Thelma and Louise was the <laughs> No, a car hit her and injured her and her horse. So, oh. yeah. So she went by train to Stockton, California, where she recovered and bought a new horse. Man, she kept going. Yeah. She's going to go see the Pacific. Yeah. And then that horse turned out to be too skittish and a really rough ride. So she traded it out in San Francisco. <laughs> this really does sound like Oregon Trail. I know. All right. Your horse has developed skittishness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You see Babe Ruth flying in a plane. 200-something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you ready for the iconic sign? I want a hint because I kind of want to guess. I'm not giving you any kind of hint because you'll definitely guess it. Um, Is it a – oh, at what place is she at? She is in California. I don't know any signs in California. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Hollywood. She took a wrong turn near Los Angeles <laughs> and got lost in the forest under the Hollywood sign. And then what happened? <laughs> All right. So it actually was the Hollywood sign was originally an ad that the that a real estate developer put up in 1923, but people really liked it, so it stayed on. 
But yeah, That's she really was cool. lost in the yeah, she was lost in the forest under this iconic sign, and a park ranger had uh-huh. to rescue her. <laughs> yeah. So um, in February 1928, she finally made it to the Pacific Ocean. She made it. And by golly, tw- yeah, and turned 22 at the same time. Turned after delivering babies and uh, getting hit by a car. Yeah, and having to drop her name, all yeah. that. And uh, California newspapers said that she rode for 103 days and 3,818 miles. That's, a, yeah. You want to know about the rest of her life since she did all that by the time she was 22? <laughs> oh, wow. I need to go. No, we need to stop recording right now. I need to go do something. I know. I need to go do something adventurous. She became a nurse's aide in World War II, and then she made B-29s in a factory in Seattle. Well, really? She kept yeah. going. Okay. <laughs> Another job she had was working with children in the psychiatric unit at John Gaston Hospital, which was built in 1936 with the Gaston inheritance and funds from the Public Works Administration. This was in Mm -hmm. Memphis, by the way. Gaston had a lot of money because he got rich from his ultra-fancy restaurant, Gaston. You know what? Maybe this is Gaston, actually, because he had a fancy restaurant called Gaston's or Gaston's. Gaston. Yeah, maybe it's Gaston. He had a restaurant and a high-end hotel at 33 through 35 South Court, which the building is still there of this hotel. You can go see it. Cool. And he wanted his mansion to be turned into a hospital when he died. Um, It was deemed too small to be such a thing, and so they built a hospital on Madison instead. Well, I'm glad he had uh, (laughs) some high ambitions there. Yeah, his hospital was torn down in 1990 to build the med. So that's the med. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So I found the story pretty interesting. He's not a lady, but I don't know. She's connected to him. Yeah. There's more about him. He's kind of interesting. There's more about him. MemphisTypeHistory.com slash ladies. Ladies. I'll put a link. He's, He's kind of an interesting Memphis character. I recommend going and reading more about him. All right, so the end of Evelyn's life. Evelyn Estes. Yeah, she died at the age of 103 in 1999. What? Can you imagine? You went west on roads from the Oregon Trail and the Pony Express, and you live all the way to 1999. The changes that you saw is incredible. That's amazing. I I am pretty astounded. Assuming that this is true, that she did what it she... It is true. Her journal okay. is in the Memphis room. <laughs> it's a journal. But, you know, people, sometimes people keep journals and they like, All right. they write stuff that her, comes to mind. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a quote and now you're going to love her. I already do love her. her. Well, you'll believe her. Are you ready? Yes. She once said, I have seen places and seen things, but nothing to compare with Memphis. That's awesome. She should, yes. Okay. That's really sweet. It's a perfect way to end her, her story. Yeah, I'm going to say I believe it. Not because of that. I'm going to say I believe it because life was different in that time. You could, if you were had an adventurous soul, I have no reason why. I'm just going to believe because I easily believe in stuff. That's the reason why I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I t- it took me this whole story to convince you. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm just like love. I don't know. I loved her story and just everything. Yeah, and she made it. She from Memphis to the Pacific Ocean yeah. on She's physical actually maps. Why I wanted to do a ladies' night show. 
Oh, I just wanted to talk that. about her. Oh, there you have it. Good ladies night. So you mentioned the show notes, which was memphistypehistory.com slash ladies. Yeah. And uh, I did want to mention that I was going to link to, you know, all those tunes I had you name. I hope you're not upset at yes. me for doing that to you. I was going to link those YouTube videos because they're kind of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So that would be G-Wiz and Because I Love You and The Marquis, also known, or Last Night, also not to be confused with Walking the Dog. <laughs> I swear there's a connection. <laughs> Sounds just like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, kind of the same thing with like Vanilla Ice and Queen. So, yeah, anything we should add to this for Ladies' Night? If anyone has other Ladies of Memphis that you're interested in, we can do a, another Ladies' Night so you can tell us who you'd want to hear more about. That's a good idea. And don't feel like they have to be deceased. We happily like to talk about people who are <laughs> alive true. as well. That's true. <laughs> if you think you can top Evelyn, let me know. Yes. <clears throat> if you have an adventure story of your own that you've been journaling about <laughs> and would like yeah. to share... Please do. That was Memphis Type History, the podcast. We like your type. You've been listening to Memphis Type History, the podcast. It would mean so much to us if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. Be sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. Want to be part of Memphis Type History and get behind the scenes content, merch, and more? Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Memphis Type History. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Memphis Type History. Find more Memphis Type History on our blog at memphistypehistory.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as Memphis Type History, and on Twitter at Memphis Type. So in case you guys don't realize this, Memphis Type History is not just a podcast, and you probably already know that it is a blog, but it's also a book. We wrote a book and published it in 2014, right? We did. And it's called Memphis Type History, Science and Stories from Just Around the Corner, Written by me, Caitlin, and illustrated by Rebecca. And, well, I don't know. That's not a good way to put it. Not illustrated by, but, like, it has your Memphis-type illustrated paintings in it. (laughs) So each of Rebecca's paintings is the jumping-off point for the history in each chapter. And you can buy the book in Memphis. Oh, yeah? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the places in Memphis that you can get our book is More Than Words in Germantown. More than words. Oh, go ahead. More than words. We love you. Oh, I thought you were going to sing the song, More Than Words. Oh, more than words. Yes. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a good song. It is. And I have a fun history fact to tell you about Germantown, where More Than Words is located. Oh, please tell. During World War One, because there was a lot of anti-German sentiment in the U.S., Germantown changed its name. Really? Yeah. It, for a little while, it was briefly known as Neshoba, which is an Indian word that means wolf. Oh, okay. And then it went back to uh, Germantown. Yeah. So if you want to go to Germantown, past alias Neshoba, head over to West Street and visit More Than Words and pick up our book. More Than Words. <laughs> <laughs>